Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? Is a detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard even How worth it? How muscular men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Hi, and uh, welcome to this podcast. This podcast that we start every single uh, time with acts of contrition, apologies, uh, mistakes uh, admitted to and rectified. And so, uh, Rob, our last episode, you might remember. Yes. And I a, do remember uh, something we left out. That is correct for uh, once. I do the, remember. Of the of the obscure characters that we want to see go mainstream, we left something out. What yes. was it that we left out? Yes. We left out Wonder Man. Oh, yeah. Wonder Man. Okay. I I and that the the reason I I admit to that was the character that I thought of in the very first place for the subject that like I was like you know what why hasn't Wonder Man been in these and that was the whole reason I came up with the subject and so I'm like how did I forget Wonder Man so yeah Wonder Man is actually fairly good I mean uh, the uh, imprint that is on uh, Vision is supposed to be Wonder Man's brain engrams, so really the Vision is supposed to be. A I forgot about that. Yeah, that's, supposed that's to be a very good point. The reason why the Vision and Wanda hook up in the first place is because Wanda, uh, because Wonder Man loved the Scarlet Witch, uh, and then he is going to die, and so they capture his engrams, and that's what they use to put on uh, the Vision's body. The Vision, of course, also is supposed to be a, 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 a version of the Human Torch from the 40s, the robot Human Torch, uh, upgraded. So Marvel's vision uh, in the MCU is just totally not the same. All right. Okay, well, good. We got that out of the way. Do we make any mistakes, though? Uh, mistakes? Uh, never. Never. No, not not one. Okay. Uh, it's really hard to make an, a mistake when we talk about obscure characters. I don't think any of our obscure characters were actually... Well, I mean, a few of them are actually in mainstream. I mean, certainly Justice League Unlimited had both Booster Gold and Blue Beetle in it, but I let that pass. So, All right, let's, yeah. let's move on to this week's, shall we? Let's get to the introductions. Yes. My name is Monty Ike, and this uh, right here, he's the, uh, the Dwayne... Elizandro Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho <laughs> to my Manfred Link. He's the Merklin Muffley to my James Dale. He's the Alan Trumbull to my Tom Beck. He's my best friend, Rob Bloom. Man, you digged, didn't you? That's... I, I dug a lot. Yeah, that's uh, Dwayne yeah, Elizandro that, Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho is, of course, from Idiocracy. That's Terry Merklin Muffley is actually on my list. So Wow, really? As a Yes, yes. Okay, all right. Yeah. Manfred Link is uh, is uh, the role that uh, Bob Newhart played in First Family. 
which is a very obscure oh, 1981 wow. movie with Gilda Radner as the first daughter and uh, Madeline Kahn as the first lady. Uh, it's it's great. It's like half the cast of Blazing Saddles, and it's a send up on the American presidency. So that's who uh, Manfred Link is. Uh, James Dale is Jack Nicholson's presidential character in Mars Attacks. Alan Trumbull. That's a good one. Alan Trumbull is Morgan Freeman's uh, character in Deep Impact. Tom Beck Deep Impact. is Morgan Freeman's presidential character in uh, uh, Atlas Has Fallen or whatever the latest one was. Yes, yeah. Angel uh, Has Fallen. Angel has Fallen, Angel right. Has fallen. I, thought, I thought we would go for a double dose of Morgan Freeman at the, uh, at the end. There. That's probably good because you get too much more depth. You're going to cover one of the characters on my list, but... Okay, let's tell. Let's enlighten the viewers with what we're talking about in this episode. Oh, well, since we are living in a fictional world, <laughs> and and we have it's just alternative what has facts. To be, it's just alternative yeah, facts. Yeah, what what has to be characters from a movie running our country? We are discussing fictional character or fictional presidents mm-hmm. in movies, and and I I even have in one case television situation. Oh, I, I have television. I I, I chose oh, uh, television and movie Mo- moving picture. I I didn't go into books because that would mean I'd have to read. Um, yes, and I don't want to do that, and I I certainly don't uh, go into radio or anything else. So yeah, I have <laughs> I have television. Obviously, I think we probably have the same fucking television so it's all right uh i i was going like i have a whole list here so i have a whole list yeah i have a whole list of ones that i put down i found a very large group of them um but i i tried to find the ones that i liked the best as my president well i'm gonna just this one I'm going to throw out real quick since we you did it in the intro. I, I It was on my maybe honorable mention list. It would have been my number five. But Merkin Muffley, I think, is... From Doctor Strange. It's like ve- very Sons. comedic. Yes. Yeah. But it's like, you, you can't just... Because he plays three roles in that movie. Yeah. It's kind of hard for me to pigeonhole just the president as the ideal. It's like everything he does in that movie is... Isn't it? Uh, no, it's George C. Scott that says there's no fighting in the war room, right? Is it? Is it the president or oh, is it George it. C. Scott's character that says that line? Because it's literally the best. It has been about ten years since I've watched that yeah, movie, but it's fun. I used to watch it like monthly. You can't fight in here, I sir. This is the war room. Yeah, I think that's yeah. George C. Scott. There's hey, look! Wonderful, is... wonderful satire. Perfect chance for somebody to jump in and be like, "Um, actually, guys, you were wrong." It was president. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but no. so that would have been probably like my number five or my honorable mention. But um, all right. Well, that's that, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. I'm going to hold on a second here. Gentlemen, there is no fighting uh, in the worm. Let me see. Uh, we're going to figure this out right now. Uh, not sure if I can play it in this well it was oh, uh, it is it is merklin uh, Mer- it is actually merklin yeah, is the, the president that, that says okay. gentlemen there is no fighting in the war room there we go found it out what a weird presidential name though if you think about it it's <laughs> a, of, of every character on that list i really do think that merklin muffley yeah yeah well i mean clearly even the name is uh, a send-up so i mean Mer- merkin oh, yes. is merkin right but muffley is weird yes. yeah all right. American, so that's your well, Muffley is just Muffley. Yeah. Yeah. That's your I, that's your number five. Okay. All right. Well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, if I was gonna, then and I'll go ahead and say it. Uh, 
to Go me to me Manfred Link, that Bob Newhart president, is hilarious. If if you just Google it, I think they use in the, the in the trailer. And one of the scenes I remember the most is the president literally has a dummy that sticks out of the top of his motorcade limousine. Uh-huh. That's a dummy of him that sh- that waves its hand at the uh, at the uh, at the crowd, and then it cuts to inside, and he's literally working the puppet himself. He's got like a thing that turns his head and a thing that moves his arm, and to me that like is all you need to know about how ridiculous the movie is going to be. But it also has some just some fabulous sends send up of of the sort of like. Uh, cowboy uh, presidents, the the sort of like, I don't know, God, also um, in that is just a fantastic Harvey Corman. Uh, he's the secretary to the UN, and he is, he like, you don't realize that John Bolton existed in a movie in 1981 until you see that, and then you go, oh my God, that's hilarious. He literally challenges uh, a guy to a fight in the parking lot. It's fantastic. All right. All right, let's get on to the real list. Number four, would you like me to start gotcha. or you, you to start? I, I'll i start because okay. I'm going to start with a television president uh, from the Netflix television show House of Cards. Uh, Francis Underwood is the most terrifying president because he almost feels relevant and frighteningly. Well, and and it, it, it was the kind of climb to power that made you wonder – does this really happen? Is this really how it goes? Are they this terrifying? Is it, is it really this underhanded? And it didn't matter Democrat or Republican. It was just a creepy rise to power. And cause he isn't, he doesn't start as the president. He starts as a Senator, right? As a Senator. Yeah. Yeah, He's just a Senator who keeps, I mean, and house of cards is literally a perfect name for it because he's just kind of knocking things over. Until he gets his, uh, his wife. Yeah, yeah, his yeah, and the vile things he does, and you know, some things are done to him pretty vile as well. But just the the little domino effects that he sets into motion, and right, he's and classic the people schemer. that he just yeah. Oh, but I mean, big picture, mm-hmm. long game, like super just, villain, you know, super villain esque. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and um, you know, even things that they set up in season one that like don't pay off until season four that you're like, wow, that was brilliant writing to think that far ahead. But I know they also had the British version to play right. off. Of. Yeah. And, and I don't I've never watched the British version. I've heard it's in some ways scarier. Yeah. But or I've you just leave tiny little threads out and then in season four you go, oh, man, we need something here. Oh, now why don't we, we take to, this yeah, thread. Sure. Why don't we just <laughs> take this thread? Yeah. Uh, that's that's a good one. I uh, I on the big list I had he's he's listed. I I think uh, I think the the crazy thing is I know that the, I didn't watch that show. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I always heard great things about it. I heard a lot of good things about it. Kevin Spacey's uh, fall from grace I think is ultimately a sad thing because I think a lot of people worked very hard on that show, and that show will always be sort of tied to him in a way that. That, yeah, uh, it doesn't. But I was watching it before at least I knew about his fall from grace, and then it was the final season that it yeah. had happened, and they they killed his character off pretty much off screen. Yeah, and uh, so my number four is Dave Kovic, played by Kevin Klein. 
and Dave. Technically, I guess not the president. Maybe William Mitchell, Bill Mitchell, is the president, and Dave's but the he, villain. But he but played that character too, though. He played both. Play, char- he played both Dave characters. Dave is also on my list. So. Uh, yeah, Dave. I love Dave. I remember it's when a that, great movie. Great movie, and movie. what a great. Like I think, I think Dave is one of those movies though that that gave us this sense of what if a non-politician became president? Wouldn't that be great? And uh, that's not actually great. Um, maybe no. <laughs> you need to have some sort of I don't know experience with being uh, a real leader of success. Um, yeah. In order to become president, <clears throat> I think we're done now. I think we're done. At least half yeah. of us with the idea that. Anybody can become president. No, become a senator at least first, guys. Become at least the mayor of a fourth or fifth largest town in Indiana before we can consider you as president. <laughs> Please. Is that a, park, is that a Parks and Rec reference? Is no, that? no, it's Pete no. Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg. Um, uh, Pete Buttigieg just needs to get out of junior high, and then maybe he can become presidential. Who knows? Um, yeah, uh, I like, I like Dave. I like that movie a lot. I like, uh, Sigourney Weaver a lot. I'm not going to lie. I love Sigourney Weaver in that, but that yeah. movie's just, it's a very heartwarming movie because there's things about it that remind me of, and I, and correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it came out during the George Bush's, um, uh, presidency. I could uh, be wrong, which but George there were Bush things are you talking about the original, the original. Okay. Senior. George Bush 41. Um, George H. W. Bush. Yes, Herbert okay. Walker, Walker Bush. Bush. Um, um, there were things about it that physically reminded me of, like, like when he was the actual president. He mm-hmm. seemed when he the, when he acted as the actual president, he had some mannerisms that very much reminded so me of George you're, Bush. You're close. It actually came out in the first year of the Clinton presidency, 1993. Okay. It came out. Uh, Clinton was elected in 1992 and then took office January 1993, and this came out, uh, let me see here, I don't know the actual date it came out, Uh, but it uh, it came out in 1993, so. The the best line of that movie, and correct me if I'm wrong, but is when he is working with the the steel workers, you know, Mm -hmm. I once caught a fish this this big, big. (laughs) and he's got the giant (laughs) row on hands, yeah. May May seventh, nineteen ninety three, according to IMDb. Thanks, IMDb, for helping us out. Uh, but yeah, I love I love the feel of that movie, and I love uh, yeah, and I also like the end of it. I like when he goes back to just being I love Dave the end of it. Yeah. Kovic, and he decides to get involved. You know, and and he in starts politics, and, yeah. and 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 At what I roots ground level. And what I have said for a very long time, uh, you know this on social media. I've said to a lot of people, I think a lot of people put everything in the presidency and voting for your school board and voting for your local city government and local voting for your, your, your state government is insanely more important and getting to know Mm -hmm. those people and getting, so when that at the end, when he's just, he's just running for like the bare, the bottom rung of the political Mm -hmm. ladder to me and that there's that great line too where he talks to his vice president played by Ben Kingsley and he asked Ben Kingsley you know what got you here you know and Ben Kingsley said well you know I, uh, I was complaining and my wife told me well if you're going to do something about it do something about it run for it and then suddenly he's the vice president and I love that story that idea of I didn't like what was going on in my community so mm-hmm. I decided to run 
and I ran for the smallest thing and suddenly I ran for something bigger and I kept on thinking of more things that I personally can do. And so that's a great theme throughout the thing. It is. If you care enough about your community, do something about your community. And for him, it was all about jobs, right? I mean, like for years, he was helping people find jobs. And, some, and now suddenly, while he's thrown into the presidency illegally, he he takes a what looks like a Republican president and then does very Democratic things with it, which I think is very funny. Um, so, yeah, I like Dave Kovic. That's my number four. But it's it's a, like it's such a super heartwarming movie. That yeah, because really it's makes also you feel. Yeah, it's it's really generally well, again, about a person, right? It's yeah, about what one but, person but also can where, have that effect. And how at the you know through most of the thing they kept trying to throw the vice president under the bus as being the scapegoat of his mm-hmm. administration, yeah. and then the line where he goes, "The vice president's a good man, isn't he?" Yeah, when he's speaking to, and it's like it's like, and then you you talking about it where you know he's setting it up so that the VP be, can become president, right? He, he does that, that thing. better. Yeah, when he does that thing of when he fakes the stroke at the at the at the yes. uh, at the thing, the big cul- culmination yeah. of the movie, he turns around and apologizes to the vice president and sets the vice president up for success. Takes all the to blame, be the hero of the, sets yeah. up the vice president to do good things, uh, and then fakes the stroke. It's I forget how good of a you, this just whole conversation is. It's it's one of the few times that I was like, politics can be a good thing if yeah if the power is used in the right way, right. Yeah, and that's, I'll be honest with you, there's a theme in mind of all, like, here here are men that I wish were actually president. Um, well, here, definitely here are men Fra- that I think, Francis okay. Underwood is not one of yeah. those. He's, but that is a good, it's a good, look, your, your picking is, is great. Don't get me wrong, I'm actually glad because uh, it would be, I feel like we'd have a lot of the same people if we only chose people we wish were president, so. Well, then my number three uh-huh. will definitely fall into the category of not wanting for president. Okay. Uh, it happened two times, three times technically in fictional history, once in the books, once in the comic books, once in animated history, and then also on the show Smallville, it had happened in a sort of flash forward. When Lex Luthor eventually becomes president, and it seems to be a running thing. I think that's uh, such a great story. I, what a great, what a it, great it, villain! Way, way to, way to make that villain really fucking work. You're the yeah. most powerful man in the in the world, Superman. No, you're not. So is the president. Uh-huh. And so we're gonna and, make your arch nemesis the president of the country you're sworn to defend. And what also makes I, that great is Lex isn't 100 percent evil. You no, know what I mean? I mean, well, yes, he is. <laughs> yeah, yes, mm-hmm. yes, he is. But. He really he's he's not a Magneto evil where he like he, I think he knows he's doing it for himself where mm-hmm. Magneto, I think, thinks he might have a greater good or or is doing evil for altruistic reasons. I think Lex is evil. I think Lex is 100 percent House of Cards. I just want to be president. To yeah. Have the power. Yeah. Okay. Honest to God, I really like like if, if, wait, if you were to put it, he's not chaotic like the Joker. Mm-hmm. I think he is actually maybe more evil than the Joker because he is super calculating. And maybe this has been more, you know, retconned over the years. And that's the way I feel. But I really do think that his type of evil is I'm planting a seed. I'm still going to look like the shining knight at the end of this. Nobody knows I'm the bad guy. Right. But I'm going to plant seeds that put me in the place of power. And even though 
hero X and hero Y know that I'm a bad guy. The general public doesn't. And I will still look like the hero at the end of this. And that's kind of what, you know, and, and like, there's a photo opportunity where Lex pretty much corners Superman into, you have to shake my hand. You know, you know that if you don't, you are, you can't, you can't make the president of the United States look like a bad guy. That, that's just wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good pick. Very good pick. Love it. So uh, I'm going to go super obscure on this one. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Fail Safe. Have you? From 1964? Nope. I don't think a no. lot of people have. So uh, two movies came out roughly around the same time. One of them was Dr. Strangelove. The other one was this movie called Fail Safe. And the president is just called the president. Henry Fonda's in it. Um Larry Hagman plays his interpreter, but here's the basic plot of the story, because I want you to understand the reason why I'm picking this is because the plot is good. So I can't remember. I think the president is is surveying SAC headquarters outside of Omaha, Nebraska, Bellevue, Nebraska, right? And when that happens, a commercial airliner gets misidentified by the SAC computers as a potential... Russian bomber. So they go off on alert. And at that time, America always had bombers in the air that would basically just circle until they got orders and then they would go deliver their bombs, right? That's how the our so This is Dr. Strangelove but without the satire. Without the satire. Like. So so what happens is is a plane triggers this. The bombers move past their fail-safe point before they get confirmation that it's not happening. Henry Fonda plays the president, and he basically calls up the Kremlin and is like, there's been a mistake, and bombers are heading your way. He then <gasps> I orders, do know this movie. Yeah. I do know this movie. He then, yes. he then orders American jets to take out the bombers. There's this great scene where a woman is brought in to talk to her husband, the pilot in, in one of the bombers, to try to convince him. But... But it ends up being one of the bombers is going to get through and it's going to bomb mm-hmm. uh, Moscow. And so what the president does is to avoid full scale nuclear war is he chooses New York City to get bombed and an American bomber gets sent to New York City to bomb New York. So Moscow will be bombed and New York will be bombed. And what's amazing about it is, is you find out the first lady is in New York City and the president oh, is basically fuck. in order to save the world sacrifices the biggest city and then the big city and then to add another layer of this immense thriller and an immense thing is um the the bomber pilots family is in new york city as well and so at the end he drops the bomb and then commits suicide and then it shows just the, the the most haunting thing they just cut to new york city a crowd of people playground in the background not knowing that a bomb is about to hit and they're all going to be dead. But Henry Fonda is amazing in that movie. He is amazing in his in the thing that he like literally his job is to save the world at that point. He stops being the president and 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 stops it's being like America I, first and becomes how do I stop is, millions of un uh, of innocent people from dying on both sides because of a mistake? How do I stop this thing that we've built up? It's called Failsafe. It was a book first. It's this What movie. did the Kremlin do in this situation? They're like, okay, so you're bl- blowing this up. They, 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 yeah, so for, at first it's a lot of, uh, 
you're calling this a mistake, but this is obviously an act of aggression. You're, yes. Then yes, it becomes, yes. uh, I believe that you made a mistake, but how can we go back to our people? And you've killed millions of our people. Our people will demand blood. I won't be able, like the premier says basically, I can't stop the Communist Party. I can't stop my generals from not wanting blood. They will want a war. You have to do something to appease us. So basically, they come up with the idea of, okay, well, we bombed one of yours, we'll bomb one of ours, and we'll call this even. And it it's this crazy thing. And I, It sounds heart-wrenching. Actually. It is, yeah, it is. It is crazy. And like I said, he also has to order American fighters to go bomb, like, to go kill American j- bombers, because the bombers won't turn around, because they've passed mm-hmm. the fail-safe. Um, and it's like this, uh, the thriller is about... Because literally you're watching this in 1964, the Cuban Missile Crisis happened and all that stuff. And yeah, it's one of those movies like Deep Impact and Armageddon that happened at the same time about roughly the same thing. San Angelo, Volcano and San Andreas or whatever was Uh two of the same movie at the same time. But this one is not satire like... uh, uh, The the irony of it coming out so close to Dr. Strangelove and having a semi-similar plot i mean it's not the same but there the it is kind of a mistake in him talking yeah but premiere but premiere yeah that that whole idea sorry i had to pick up a dog um yeah i saw that <laughs> the 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 whole idea of um of that idea of what that's like if nuclear war happens and we've got the red phone so to speak what you know what they would be talking about is crazy so anyway henry fonda unnamed he's just called the president in the movie that i remember watching that movie and genuinely being just terrified terrified and i think the first time i watched it the fucking soviet union didn't exist anymore was it black and white yes black and white okay yep okay yeah good movie i think that would add to it to be honest Henry fonda is amazing in it larry hagman i mean you you were talking about jr ewing oh as the oh, as the translator shit. and everything, okay. yeah. There's so many good roles in that as well. So it's it's just fine acting. It literally feels like you're watching it on stage. There's nothing big about that movie. Everything is inside mm. a room. Everything is claustrophobic. Um, you know, you're either in uh, you're either in sack, you're either in the plane. I mean, there's just it, nothing about it feels sweeping in motion. It, it all feels like you're watching a stage play. It's fantastic. Anyway, the president, my number three. Okay, so my number two and number one was such a, a, a juggle. I didn't know which one was going to be number one and number two. And I kept waiting for you to throw out one of these two. And I'm still sure that one of these two, if not both of them, are on your list. But I'm going to pick, my, I'm going to choose this one for my number two. And when you told me the idea for this list, this was the first person that popped in my head. I'm like, okay, no matter what, this man is on my list, mm-hmm. period. Because when I think of movies and I think of presidents, this is literally the most bombastic situation um, for a president to be. You, know, you, you think of big action movies, there's nothing bigger than the Independence Day movie. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bill Pullman, huh? Bill Pullman and his big speech at the end. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, America will no longer be the only one celebrating july 4th is its independence day and uh not only and then the fact that he gets into a plane and 
He's yeah. fighting right alongside and him. does that um, plane become Air Force One technically, right? It's got to be. Anything mm. he's on is technically Air, Air Force, Force One, one right? Uh, is, is, uh, it has to be a fixed-wing aircraft. When he's in a helicopter, it's Marine One, usually. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And, and that's weird. When he was becomes- in... I guess, was he in Navy one when George W. Bush flew on to the aircraft carrier for Mission Accomplished? Going to have to look that up. That would have to be Navy one, right? Because it would be a Navy plane. Um, Yeah, okay. Yeah, Bill Pullman is, uh, he's he's an honorable mention for me, and I love that scene. He's definitely one that I was like, oh, hell yeah. Such a great thing. Um, Celia Ward in the the follow-up movie doesn't do as much for me, but yeah, that I've never watched the follow-up movie. Is it worth it? Uh, worth the watch at no, all. I don't really know. No, I didn't. I, I mean, I think, if you got nothing else to do and it's on and it's free, sure, go ahead. But I, it's like I, an I, FX movie. You might watch it if it's just on FX and you're like, oh, I want to watch a two hour movie for the next four hours. Then sure. But I listened to a podcast on it and I heard that one of the reasons that it was held up for so long was that they were really trying to get Will Smith in and they just couldn't negotiate it for money, time, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and they couldn't because apparently he was going to be a very important part in the sequel. And I think for both his career and that movie, I think that was a big misstep that I think that had you gotten him back. Um, Instead of him making movies with his son? Yeah. 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 Uh, um, anyway, I, uh, I I still think it's one of the best scenes in – I. I think at the time that it came out, it was one of the first real CG type yeah. movies. It also it was the kickoff to Will Smith's career. That and then Men in Black the following year, I think it was. On Independence Day, yeah. He he would he had uh, started that string of him releasing big budget blockbusters on the July fourth weekend. Yeah. And then falling flat on his face with uh, Wild Wild West. Wiki Wild Wild yeah. But I, no, I think Bill Pullman is is kind of a minor character until that speech, and that speech is kind of makes the movie to me. Yeah, I mean, like literally, his uh, it, the only other thing that he adds to it is that uh, at one point Jeff Goldblum's character punches him because of his his ex wife uh, slash oh, press yes, secretary. Yes. I mean, like you remember that at the beginning of the movie, that's the only yeah. thing he is. He's just you know that yes. guy. Um, and, uh, that's uh, Thomas J. Whitmore is the name of the character in Independence Day. Uh, I got it here on my prepared list. So it was on my, it was on my big list. It didn't make it into my top four, however. My number two. Oh, he definitely was going to be my one or two. Go on. My number two is probably the person that a great number of people, the moment you said TV thought of, and that is Josiah Jed Bartlett, Martin Sheen on the West Wing. Oh, not, not who I was thinking you'd go with for TV. Uh, is there yeah, another no. TV Re- on there? No. <laughs> I, yeah, really. I thought you were. I really oh, you, thought yeah. you would go with. Veep. Oh, I yeah. really thought. You- but again, I'm looking for presidents that I want to have, and Veep is just oh. too moronic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's great. I'll, I'll be honest with you. One of the things I'm going to call out here uh, right now, and really, we should be called out more on this show because we do it a lot, and it's our own. <laughs> I think it's our generational and our our bias. I have no women on this list, and that's too bad. Uh, Gina Davis gets a shout out uh, for her Absolutely. work on on Commander in Chief. Like I said, Celia Ward was in Independence Day. Uh, there's just not a lot of women presidents yet, even in the fucking media, which seems funny. Uh, I mean, it's like they were like, "Oh, Morgan Freeman's going to play a black president. Isn't that enough?" 
Um, but yeah, no one, there's not a lot of women on this list, but yeah, Josiah, Jed Bartlett, I mean, the West Wing, the West Wing was during the Bush presidency, and it was this alternate universe that liberals like me wish was, wish we were in. It was this universe of, uh, of people, des- like, I think the biggest fiction about the whole thing is it's more, it's, it's not as house of cards <laughs> as it should be. Like, even in a, a fucking bleeding heart liberal administration, I can't honestly believe there's so many uh, selfless people who are constantly living up to I'm their sure. ideals as yeah, much as I, the West Wing does. There's Every single be part a little of it. backstabbing and yeah. selfishness, and one of the one of the ba- there's so many good storylines to talk about, like the fact that he hides his MS and he has to pay the price for that. That was crazy. Uh, the whole. There's some really great moments in that. The whole his daughter is kidnapped and he doesn't have a vice president because his vice president was already taken out of office, had to resign, Gary Cole. Uh, And so the whole part where John Goodman comes in, John Goodman's the Republican, the other party, Speaker of the House. And so they invoke the 22nd Amendment and he becomes president. And that whole thing is an amazing storyline. John Goodman's like... His character being like, imagine that you're a Republican, you seize control of the power, and then he immediately gives it back up again as soon as Zoe Bartlett is saved. And that speaks volumes, too. He almost makes this list for that. Can you imagine any other place in the world where someone it becomes leader and then just gives it the fuck up as easily? No. I mean, that that's good, too. <clears throat> There's so many things. I also like... um one of my absolute favorites is they had the character played by um uh um god what is what is Thanos's dad's name he's married to Barbara Streisand now it's i can't remember his damn oh, name oh uh Brolin Josh yeah, Brolin yeah. Or, or, uh, James Brolin right James Brolin James Brolin James Brolin is playing the W character the George Bush yeah. character and there's that fucking scene where uh Josiah Bartlett's secret service agent has been shot needlessly because he intervenes at a at a at a holdup in a bodega in New York while both Bartlett and his rival are at this function and they're talking about it in the basement and uh Josh Brolin's character is just like wow bummer and then Josiah Bartlett says to like gets mad at him like gets angry right and says I'm gonna I'm gonna whoop you I'm gonna beat you in this election I am going to make you embarrassed that you ran. I am going to show, I'm going to prove to you that the American people are better than what you're doing right here. And just so you know, bummer is when I decided to go full in. Like the whole season, he's running for reelection, but he's got MS on his mind and he's not 100% bought in that maybe another term is a good idea or whatever. And then Brolin's cavalier attitude says to him, oh God. If I don't step up and go 100%, this the country I love is yeah, going to be the president. I can't, I can't do it. So that's one of my favorite things. I love Bartlett. Uh, Pullman, that speech is so good. I love that speech. I have a speech that's coming up for my number one. And uh, it is just simply a speech that sometimes I queue up on, uh, on my phone or wherever I'm at. I don't uh, know I if we're going to have the same number one then. I don't Maybe. know. I don't know. We'll find out. I know this will be interesting. This will be very. Is interesting. this where the commercial break comes in? And you set yeah. it up. <laughs> yeah. We'll find out after these messages. Okay, got it. Yeah. Uh, 
So we're back, and it's time for number one. <laughs> Rob, it's time for you to give your number one. My number one is if the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I knew you were going to do this. Yes. If the Millennium Falcon were to have somebody on board and Chewie is being held hostage. Mm-hmm. <sighs> get off my plane, you Best, is, is, Yeah. That get is, off is, my is, plane is, line. Yeah. It's not, your, it's not my number one, yes, bro. I, it's not my number one. Okay. And, and honestly, I, I there is gonna... something about having a badass action hero who <laughs> is still like believable as a president, but still, you know, like angry grandfather that you know could just <laughs> take you behind the, the 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 watershed and kick your fucking ass even though he's 87 years old type <laughs> person you just don't fuck with harrison ford as the president in air force one right james marshall is the character name uh i had that as my that was going to be my my just outside the list I've seen, I, obviously in the research, we come up with these lists that people say of best fictional, and that's number one across the board in a lot of places. Uh, my number one is actually probably number two listed more often than not, or a little bit farther on. But I'm no. wondering then if I can guess. But um, I, I love, I love that Harrison Ford Air Force One. That's another one. It's of just movies. a fun action movie. It's a stupid popcorn movie. It doesn't really go into politics really whatsoever. But um, the bad guy is good in that. There's just so many good things uh-huh. in that. And and true, that line at the end when they when they when the pilot of the C forty seven says uh, something like you know. Eagle two four wives changing call signs to Air Force One when he finally zip lines back over. Yeah, I remember in I like I'm getting chills thinking about it right now. I remember watching that movie for the first time, and it's one of those movies where you audibly want to go yeah and do a fist bump. You're like yeah. fuck yeah, mm. fuck yeah, America. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's 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 definitely a movie that sets you up with the idea of fuck yeah, America. Look how great we- it does. <laughs> And and it's it's really far fetched. And our president in any, I can't think of an incarnation, uh, especially in my lifetime. And I, where they are an active, badass physical specimen. Maybe Barack in his prime could have been this kind of. I love how you're calling Harrison Ford <laughs> badass. He's he is though. Like, he was able to he do some bad. of that stuff, but yeah, okay, all right. But no, I mean, I'm, I, I enter, in mu- movie magic, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But still, he is Indiana Jones. He uh, is Indiana he Jones. Is, yeah, he knows he how to throw a, a punch. Ba- yeah, yeah. He he knows how to punch a guy, and it's not any of that slick martial arts crap. It's just a punch. No. <laughs> it's a but punch. He might break his anybody, thumb, but it's still a fucking punch. You'll feel. Clint Eastwood might have been okay it, in that. Okay, but anybody that has been in one of uh, Sylvester Stallone's the um, Expendables, what, what's Expendable movie yeah, yeah. as one of the action here, he's he's, he's qualified as being a bit. And he does have a lot of great shake his finger moments in that movie uh-huh. too. He does the classic Harrison Ford shake his shake his finger in that movie a lot. No, I look, I love I love Air Force One. I do. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, and I think Harrison Ford is amazing, but I chose for my number one. Yeah. Alan Shepard, AKA Michael Douglas in the American president. I was wondering, that's and a great movie it's, too. It's a really look, good movie. It's one of the few movies that when I see it, I have to watch it. 
I have to watch it from wherever it is all the way to the end. And that scene at the end when he goes into his press conference and he challenges Richard Dreyfus is playing the, I think, the Republican uh, nominee for president or whatever. And he's been attacking Sidney Allen Wade, which, by the way, that's also makes me horny for uh, Annette Bening. <laughs> like you Annette Bening is so hot in that movie. Yeah, she so is hot. This this is where this is where you become. I don't care what Annette Bening looks like. I'm still. She becomes an instant like. Uh-huh. I always oh, used to totally. say this about Carrie Fisher too. I don't care what Carrie Fisher looks like or what state she's in. If I have a chance to make out with Carrie Fisher, I'm going to make out with Carrie Fisher's. Fuck yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Annette Bening is in this. I'm like, if I have a chance to make out with Cindy Allen Wade, fuck yeah, I'm going to do that. She's hotter than fire in this movie. Um, yeah. But that scene where he 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 comes in and he's been. He's been dodging and he's been trying to play this card of like, I'm not going to engage this guy. And then he says that whole shit of like, yeah, Sidney Allen Wade is a card carrying member of the ACLU. It's an organization designed to protect people and stand up for their constitutional rights. The real question is, why aren't you? I love that movie. And then it ends with, my name's Alan Shepard and I am the president. And it's fucking... Ugh. I'll be honest with you, since fucking November 3rd, 2016, I have watched that fucking scene more often than I can say, where I'm just like, it'll all be okay. Everything's going to be okay again. So the reason why Alan Shepard is my number one is because that movie makes me feel like we have our problems, but mm-hmm. we can always strive to be better. It makes me want to... Same with The West Wing. I, I always think mm-hmm. that in every one of my things it's it's a president that makes me think this we system of government we could be unified it, this system of government right. is fucked up on a lot of different we've fucked it up a lot and especially over the last 30 years we've fucked this country up a lot but really the bones are there we have an opportunity to do something amazing if we just fucking give a shit enough so there you go. That's my number one, Alan Shepard. I really no, like your number. I, I like your number one too. Look, Harrison Ford as James Marshall is is pretty fucking. I dope. went I went really fictional. Um, can I list one a couple of my yes other fictional? Did uh, you saw the movie? I I think it's called The American Presidents. With I, I was trying to scramble and look it up and I couldn't find it. With uh, they are both past now. Um. James Gardner and Jack Lemmon. And Lemon. Yeah, yes. they're called. Uh, no, it's not called the past presidents. It's called. Um, fuck me. It's called. Uh, I thought it was the American presidents. No, I thought it's like it's something else. It's like founding fathers uh, ticket. Oh, hold on a minute. OK, you look it up and I'll say like my favorite line from that movie is how they both like. Did you come with lyrics for the presidential theme? And like. <laughs> And and they're both they're both in the bathroom peeing and they're humming the song and like hail to the chief he's the one who we hail to hail to the chief or are you gonna hail like crazy you know, like they're, <laughs> it's they're my so fellow Americans my 1990, fellow Americans 1996 that's it. That's yeah right. uh, yeah uh, the uh, Jack Lamon and James Garner they both play one term presidents one right? is yeah yes and they're running against each other and then they end at the end of it they run on the same ticket. ticket right and dan Aykroyd is the you know what's a crazy thing that actually almost happened in the united states did you know that in 1976 uh that ford gerald ford almost invited uh 
uh, Reagan to become a co-president with him, but then it fell apart. I think it was either 76 or 80, but that was I, almost a thing. Yeah, I think it's 76, because why would Ford be... I've yeah. never heard this before. Yeah. They literally thought about both running for president on the same ticket to to mm. to boost Ford. Reagan Reagan made a run very early on to replace Ford because the idea was, well, he never ran for president, so I can run against him. And then it was sort of but he had a lot of he had a groundswell of support, but then the Republicans were like, This is weird, we have an incumbent, we shouldn't do this. But there was this this weird sort of thing that the Republican Party thought about, like, what if we made them co-presidents? And they were like, hmm. is that even legal? I don't know. If everyone votes for both of them at the same time, doesn't that mean they're both presidents? I'm not even sure how that would fucking work, um, huh. but it was something that was tried. But that's obviously why a peanut farmer beat the Republican Party in 1976. Yeah. <laughs> so. And then my last honorable mention is mm-hmm. President Lindbergh. Do you remember who that was? Uh, no. Without looking it up. I'm not going to look it up. it up. I don't okay. know President Lindbergh. Is it an alternative history? Is that, <laughs> is that a, from uh, Man in the it's High a Castle? Future his, it's a future history, and it's not a president of the United States. It's a president of the Earth. Oh, it's uh, from Fifth Element, right? Fifth Element. Yeah. Tiny Zeus. As I didn't know his name was like... It's funny, because Tim Ham brought up uh, Fifth Element to me the other day. He mentions Lilo, and I didn't know what Lilo was. Right? Oh, I, yeah, Lilo, I love right? this element. And I'm like, and I go, oh, well, I Lilo. guess I don't really think Lilo. about, yeah. And I go, I guess I don't really think of Fifth Element. And he was like, really? And I was like, yeah, I guess I don't. And he's like, oh, I love that movie. And it's so funny. Both of you, I, like, it's it must obviously be very weird that my two oldest, deepest friends both love that movie. And I am like oblivious It's a movie to it. I watch probably once a year, at least once a year. It's one of those, I watch it more because artistically it is the most beautifully rendered movie I can think of. Like, it's just really, it's not the greatest story. It's kind of flat. It's not the greatest acting, but it's got a lot of wonderful one-liners. It's got great actors, but mm-hmm. visually, it's the most stunning movie. It just like it blows me away visually. It's yeah. it's almost like if Jim Henson were to go in a totally warped way. Uh, no, yeah. well, Jim Henson's kind of a warped, but it's it's got a Jim Henson feel about it. But it's uh, I can't think of the name of the French director that did it. Uh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, no, I yeah, I remember liking it a lot, but it just didn't tick things off. Is it because it feels like the good guy and the bad guy never meet? Uh right? Kind, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's something about it. Uh, Gary, Old, Gary Oldman's great in that yeah, movie. No, though. Gary he Oldman is. is fantastic in that movie. Uh, we didn't also talk about David Palmer, i.e. Uh, Dennis Hasbrit, uh, i.e. Save, uh, safe Driver, Save 50% and 24. He's also pretty good. Um, let's see. Oh, who else I we hadn't even thought about. of that. Um, I think we got everybody either between that was my list pretty much. Yeah, so I, I, I think we got it between the intro and your list and my list. I think we covered everybody. I don't I, think I have any. Um, there is the guy who played the president in Seven Days in May, uh, and that's actually a pretty good movie. That the okay, uh, yeah, and I was wondering, uh, that's not the Kevin Costner. Uh, no, 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 no. It's um. What's what's the Kevin Costner movie about? Uh, JFK the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh no, no that's yeah. Crisis. Oh no, that's a different one. Yeah, I don't know that one. Uh, the Frederick March plays President Jordan Lyman in Seven Days in May. That's a 1964 movie. 
Uh, Jamie Foxx was in White House Down in 2013. There's your action star. As the president. Action star president. Um, James Earl Jones was president in The Man as Douglas Dillman in 72. Uh, I'm just looking through a list of uh, presidents here. Oh, how about uh, uh, Ronnie Cox as President Jack Neal in Murder at 1600? The guy from... uh, from, um, (laughs) <laughs> from uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, oh, um, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, he's the he's the one who plays the, I know. the captain. I know. <laughs> How about uh, Samuel Jackson uh, was in Big Game in 2014 as President William Allen Moore. Uh, let's see. I'm just going through uh, the guys who could also be action stars. Uh, Aaron Eckhart. And Olympus has fallen, and London has fallen. Yes, as I Benjamin Asher. Yeah. Uh, President Thomas Wilson, Danny Glover in tw- 2012, 2012. He he has a presidential feel about him. Yeah, I totally does. bought oh. him. Uh, Albert, we didn't go with uh, Alfre Woodard in State of Affairs in 2014. She played President mm. Constance Payton. That's our only uh, woman of color on the list. Ugh, how about Billy Bob Thornton in Love Actually as the president? What a shit bag he was. Who was the president in uh, Armageddon? Uh, in Armageddon, ooh, honest, I don't. I don't know. remember who because maybe he's not part. I of I don't the, think he's part of the movie. I mean, obviously, with Deep Impact, you have uh, Morgan yeah. Freeman, but those two. I think the know. reason why Deep Impact has the president is because they know it's going to. There's no way of stopping it, and it's all about how the yes, world's going to end. Yes, that's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Cliff Robertson. I don't. Oh. Rem- Cliff Robertson oh, in, in Escape from L.A. and Donald Pleasance in Escape from New York. Great presidents. <laughs> I Ple- almost. How do I you have listed- hold, How do you have Donald Pleasance, a British actor, play the president without changing his goddamn accent? He's still the same person <laughs> in that movie, and it's like, how's this bitch got an English accent? He can't be president with an English accent. That don't make no sense. Sorry, go on. Uh, no, no, I'm trying to look up the actor's name, but the actor who played president in the movie Superman 2 is oh, yeah. actually... He is uh, E.G. Marshall. There you go. He's actually yes, pretty good. I thought, because like, like, one of my all-time favorite scenes of a president on screen is him coming forward and goes, what I do now, I do to save lives. And I think it's... A, I mean, That's it, actually a very good a moment. Even though it's a campy movie, it's a very, it's a, good it's a movie. very honorable moment. Yeah, it's a very it's a very good moment. Uh, I agree, uh, and he's on this list uh, of from the from the Wall Street Journal of forty four fake presidents. No kidding. From worst to best. Oh, I hope as he's prepared not on the worst by Don part. Steinberg. No, uh, the worst goes from Jack Cahill, Escape from L.A., President Francis Underwood, President Richard uh, Allen. So worst as Power, a president. Worst as a president. No, yeah. Okay, uh, not... pres- President Selena Meyer uh, in Veep is number 39 on the list. She's actually worse than Dwayne Elizondo Mountain Dew Herbert Camacho for <laughs> Idiocracy. Yeah. But the best. I forget, the... I, idiocracy is such a. It's a wonderfully stupid movie. So, so listen to this top five from the Wall Street Journal. Okay. And I found this. Okay. I found this while. Uh, this, this, this is crazy because obviously there's a lot of different things in here. Number five, Dave Kovic from Dave. Number four is James Sawyer, Jamie Foxx, and White House Down. Number three, President Thomas Whitmore, Bill Pullman, Independence Day. Number two, President Josiah Jed Bartlett from the West Wing. And number one, President James Marshall, 
from Harrison Ford from like, that's amazing. We we nailed most of we those. We nailed them all. Except uh, for Jamie Foxx and White House Down. Did you see White House Down? I have not. I have not, not either. And I'm sure if we both go and watch it, Maybe we'll be like, we'll be yeah, like oh, you're in. totally right. He should definitely be number four. Uh number six is is James Earl Jones. Number seven is the Jordan Lyman and James 70s. Earl Jones in what? In in The Man from nineteen seventy two, Douglas Dillman. But it's very so he funny. He was a black president He's in 1972. In 1972, yeah. Nice. How about this? Chris Rock's head of state makes number eight on the Wall Street Journal's list. But uh, <laughs> I've never Gil- seen Gil- that. But in head of state, yeah. Yeah. The commercials didn't look very good on that one to me. But. This 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 brings the whole thing to the list. Charlie Sheen in Machete Kills as President Rathcock. Rathcock. Yeah. He's listed as number nine on worst to best. What? Okay. I don't get that at all. I don't get that at all. All right. So there you go. That is uh, our list. We need to pick a winner. Who is our best president? I don't know. I'm feeling very draw like that. This is. This is I kind of feel like this is. I. I like. I. On the one hand, I want to give you. Uh, I want to give you uh, James Marshall from Air Force One, but I still feel. I still feel like in my heart of hearts, Andrew Shepard is a better man. <laughs> I think because of the the authenticity and likability of your list, I think we give you the win. Oh, that's because very sweet. I, so what you're saying have, is you're doing this. I have the evil. You're doing I, this I'm to doing, save lives. <laughs> I'm doing this to save lives. What I do now, oh, I do to save lives. What a selfless act. How democratic of you. All right. Well, you know well, what we I, did not mention yet? What's that? This we, is our 50th 50, Oh, episode. this is our 50th. This is, yeah, we should do a double-sized issue, but we're not going to. No, no. <laughs> no, we're not going to. I, the no prize isn't doubled or anything yeah. like that. No. Uh, it's just a landmark, uh, 50 episodes. A lot of podcasts don't make it to 50 episodes. Um, I don't think po- uh, Comic Book Crossfire we did 50. Well, that I was don't a, believe That was did. a video podcast, so I would have died. <laughs> editing 50 videos of you fucking morons um which you guys are are you guys still doing instagram uh, uh me lives? and tracy yeah but it's more of a like a, hey are you free let's do this and so yeah. we still call it it's it's instagram podcasting but. yeah yeah is it really a crossfire or is it just you two agreeing about shit all the time uh it's just us agreeing about yeah, you know me and tracy okay. agree yeah. pretty much across the board oh boy I, I couldn't possibly disagree with you guys. So, yeah. There you go. That's, and by the way, that's not an attack on Tracy. That's an attack on both of you. <laughs> oh, gosh. I know that the storyline is convoluted and weird, but boy, those creators sure are trying their best, is what a lot You're of. Asshole. Yeah, I'm sorry. I take it back. I won tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Too late because I won. Because I seized power when it needed to be seized, uh, Rob, you have to deliver uh, a state of uh, of the union, so to speak, our our parting line, a line that's oft been quoted, it's been carved into the sides of mountains. Uh, it is is something that is always on the tip of every school boy and girl and non-binary <laughs> uh, young person's uh, tongue every day as they uh, look at the flag, put their hand over their heart. They oftentimes say these words. And they are. We're fighting for our right to live, to exist. And should we win the day, 
The 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to go on. This is our independence.